Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. And I'm so glad that you're here today. Praise God. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me in John chapter 1. And we're going to talk today about the Word, how the Word became flesh, and how the Word in a present sense situation of receiving God's Word must also become flesh for you as well in order to produce. Praise God. But before we jump into today's message, I want to let you know that the Israel tour is all scheduled for 2023. The dates are May 7 through the 17th. And I want you to come along with me and my wife as we're going to Israel. I would really like for you to prayerfully consider coming. It is going to be a fantastic trip. Praise God. The entire uh, itinerary is all laid out. And my friends, it's a loaded itinerary. It really is the best of Israel tour. Praise God. Again, May 7th through the 17th. And the cost is forty-seven forty-nine. Okay, and to get your your reservation in, so that you can reserve your place on the tour, call this eight hundred number one eight hundred nine two nine four six eight four. Again, eight hundred nine two nine four six eight four, and select option two. Let them know that you want to go with pastors Stephen and Kelly to Israel. I know you're so excited. You're going to probably call right now. You can do that. Just hit pause on YouTube or whatever uh, media stream you're watching this on. Get your reservation in uh, very quickly. Just here's a few of the sites and places we're going to. Of course, you arrive in Tel Aviv, and uh, we're going to go first to Caesarea, then on to Mount Carmel, that's where Elijah called the fire down from heaven. And then to Megiddo, where, you know, many of the great end time events will take place in the Bible. Then on to Nazareth, the Lord's hometown where he grew up. And uh, we'll also go to the precipice where they tried to throw him off of the precipice. We'll go to Tiberias. And then we're going to go to the Sea of Galilee, uh, Capernaum, Mount of Beatitudes, We'll go out on the Sea of Galilee on a boat ride. Then we'll have a fish lunch. Then we'll go to one of the most beautiful places in Israel. We're going up to the Golan Heights. We're going to go to Mount Bental. Then the next day, we'll be going on to the Jordan Valley. And we're going to go to the authentic baptismal site. And you may be real excited. You may say, Pastor Stephen, I want you to baptize me in the cold, chilly waters of the Jordan River. I will. And not only will I, will I do it, we'll do it at the authentic site. Not up north where all of the tourists go. We'll go to the real site, which is uh, down south. Praise God. Mm-mm. Then we're going to go to Jericho in Getty. And we'll actually go to a view spot where we can see the famous St. George's Monastery. So picturesque, so beautiful. Then on to Bethany, on to Jerusalem. Then the Mount of Olives and um, uh, to Gethsemane, and Mount Zion, and the upper room, Mm-mm. and on to Beersheba, Bet Shemesh, the Valley of Elah, where David and Goliath had it out. Praise God, and you know who won. Mm-mm. Then on to the Pool of uh, Siloam. Of course, this is not all one day. This is throughout the entire tour. I'm just giving you a quick overview. And David's city, Ein Kerem. Many of the... Uh, 
officials and diplomats in Israel, in Jerusalem, when they retire, they like to live in Ein Kerem. Um, then we're going to go to the Temple Institute, and uh, we'll go to, of course, uh, the Friends of Zion Museum. Uh, you'll have some free time also uh, there in Jerusalem to do whatever you would like to do on one of our days. Uh, we have the Pool of Bethesda, the Antonia Fortress, the Hulda or the Southern Steps, the Western Wall, Gordon's Calvary, and the grand finale will be, of course, the Garden Tomb. Everybody wants to see the empty tomb. Praise God. And then you fly back home. Oh, my friends, uh, come with me. Plan. Get on. Get registered and come along with us. I want to see you registered for the trip. It is a trip of a lifetime. Praise God. And I know some of you, you're thinking, Pastor Steve and I have many deep uh, mysteries of the universe that I want to present to you. Well, um, hey, I get a lot of emails. <laughs> I get a lot of mail in general. But you come with me to Israel, I'm, I'm on the bus. And all you have to do is say, hey, Pastor Stephen, can you explain the deep origins of the universe? Yes, we'll open up our Bible to the book of Genesis. And uh, what I'm saying is that you have access. You can talk to me. I know some ministers, when they uh, lead a tour to Israel, they don't tell you this. They have their own private bus. And you never see them except at select sites along the tour. And outside of that, you can't touch them. You can't talk to them. You have zero access to them. <laughs> but I'm there, real, live and in person. Pastor Stephen, I thought you were just some kind of internet phenomena living up in the cyber cloud. No, come to Israel with me <clears throat> and you'll be able to touch me, poke me, just like they poked Jesus. But, uh, you know, um, you'll find out I'm flesh and blood. Praise God. Amen. I would love for you to come. All right. Having said that, we are now going to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that, in a sense, we all want to be theologians. We want to know your word inside and out, like the back of our hand. We want to understand it. And we also understand, Father, that so much of that it's relying on our ability to grasp it spiritually, not just ink on paper, not just a history lesson. So, Father, we thank you today. Let your Holy Spirit help us by illuminating the Scriptures and our understanding so we can take this and use it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for the victory that it's producing in our lives. In Jesus' name and around the world, we say amen. Praise God. Now, in the previous message, I talked about the three dimensions of the breakthrough word. And that message, I'm getting a good response, has been a blessing to many people. The word of God, God can give you a word, and that word has breakthrough power in it. But here's a couple of questions we have to ask ourselves. What actually do you do when you have received a breakthrough word from God? What do you, what do, you do? What's the next step? And really the big question is, how do you make it deliver? <laughs> okay, because you're searching for a word because there's something that you're wanting God to do. Maybe it's a miracle. Maybe it's a desire. Maybe it's a need. But now God has spoken. But how do you take that word and make it actually deliver what you're expecting? Well, here's what I want to share today, which is that until the word is translated to us in a real life form, well, 
until then, it can't deliver the content that it carries. It's a little bit like getting a UPS package or FedEx or whoever your favorite uh, carrier is, maybe good old USPS. You get the package, it is for you, it has been sent to you, and you actually hold the thing in your hands, but perhaps for some reason you can't quite unpackage it. You're so close, you have it. But my friends, let's go all the way, open it up, and receive what God has for us. And let's take a look, first of all, in John chapter 1, and of course, verse 14. And the Word became flesh. So you have God, one God, yet three distinct persons. You have God the Father, and then you have the Son, who in eternity past was called the Word. Now, when He took flesh and was born into the earth through the womb of the Virgin Mary, He took upon a name, the name Jesus, or Yeshua, which means Savior. So you have God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, or in eternity past, known as the Word, and also the third person of the Godhead, of the deity, the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is not a lesser person of the Godhead. It's not like he's a third cousin removed by marriage. <laughs> uh, no, he's just as much God as the Father is, just as much God as the Son is. So God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, here we're seeing again that the Word became flesh. And while we talk about it and we study it, there are certain elements of this that will always remain a mystery, because even while we can get a grasp of it, and even get a grasp of the Trinity, three somehow in one, still there will always be parts of it that you just have to accept by faith, because it is of a miraculous God-type nature. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. They could see Him. They could touch Him. They could have meals with Him. They could sleep with Him. They noticed the times that He actually got tired. And so uh, they said, The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word being made flesh means the Word was changed or processed into a human reality, okay, a reality that's now real, not so, just something spiritual, okay, but now real, real flesh. The Word is a spiritual material that requires a processing or a, a change that turns it into a product where it's actually useful. Uh, we, in other words, we can apply it and take it and use it. Now, now stick with me. I'm being technical a little bit on purpose with the words that are being used today. Jeremiah chapter 15. Follow along closely. Jeremiah chapter 15. And let's go over to verse 16. This is going to really help you, help you to understand the word becoming not spiritual, but flesh. And what this is going to do is going to help you to take that breakthrough word and actually break through with it, how to do it, the mechanics of it. Now, verse 16, your words were found and I ate them. Wow. How do you eat something spiritual? Now you can eat something physical. 
You can go out and get some French fries and a cheeseburger today. It's physical. You can eat it. Okay. Your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Praise God. The word is a spiritual seed that must be processed into an edible form or product in which we can eat it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So how do we process the word? How do we get it to work for us? Number one. Okay. Listen very carefully today. This is going to help you because God can give you a word. He can. You can have an angel come to you and give you a word. And that angel just came straight from the throne of God. And God told the angel, take this message to John or Susie or Mark or Sarah or whoever it might be. And so you could receive a word from a holy messenger. You could have a vision and Jesus could stand before you and give you a word. But my friends, what do you do with the word once you've got it? It's a breakthrough word, but what do you do with it once you've got it? Number one, in order to make it flesh or real, in the sense where it produces for you and delivers your expect your expectation. Number one, you have to believe it. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But uh, you can't skip over this. You have to believe it. And one of the greatest examples in the Bible is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one. Let's turn over there just for a moment. I want you to see some uh, scriptures that will help you to understand. Uh, your belief in the word that God has given you. Woo, praise God. Somebody's faith is coming alive today. Verse 31 of Luke 1. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So Mary is receiving the word of the Lord through a divine messenger, a holy angel. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now let's go to verse 36 and watch what the angel throws in some extra goodies in verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with God, nothing will be impossible. All right. Now this just steps it up quite a bit. Not only is Mary receiving a breakthrough word, uh, the ultimate breakthrough word, the savior is coming. <laughs> it's coming through you. <laughs> Praise God. But the breakthrough word, God can enhance it sometimes. What do you mean, pastor Stephen? Well, notice that the angel said, with some extra sauce, some extra uh, blessing here, the Holy Spirit, excuse me, that's verse 35. Again, verse 36, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived. Now hold on just a moment. Elizabeth, Mary's thinking my cousin Elizabeth, who's been barren all of her life. And she's a lot older than way older than I am. She's conceived and she's in her sixth month of pregnancy. Now, of course, Elizabeth already knows this. She's in a different town. Elizabeth's not letting uh, anybody know this except her and her husband. She's not telling anybody. She, she's staying quiet about it. So Mary, she, she's thinking, okay, I believe the first part of this, 
The second part, I believe it, and I can go validate this immediately. And she's going to go see Elizabeth. Okay, so now if Elizabeth is not pregnant, and she's not, even if she is, that just, just the fact of her being pregnant is going to be a miracle. But if she's pregnant, and it's the second month, or it's the first month, then the stuff is off. Okay, but if she's, number one, pregnant, and number two, in her sixth month of pregnancy, man, this stuff is real. This, I mean, she already believes the first part, but this just throws gasoline on the fire. Praise God. And of course, this is the Holy Spirit in manifestation. In, see, see, angels work with the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of this, we have the gift, uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit. By the way, all of the gifts of the Spirit were in manifestation under the Old Covenant except for two, which were tongues and interpretation of tongues. But they had all of the other seven out of the nine. And here we have the gift of the Word of Knowledge, supernatural knowledge from the mind of God being revealed to Mary concerning a current or past event. And that is the fact that Mary uh, uh, now knows that Elizabeth is pregnant. And so that's a miracle because Elizabeth was unable to get pregnant. And also she's in her sixth month. So there's knowledge, supernatural information being given here. Now, let me say this. For some of you, God's going to help you with some icing on your cake. Not only will you get the breakthrough word, and there's power, latent power contained in that word. But sometimes God will even throw a word of knowledge in there. It's supernatural. It, it, uh, it just causes your faith to so grab a hold of that word, and you just believe with everything in you. I mean, you're all in. At this point, Mary is all in 100% because she's going to go over to uh, Elizabeth's house. <laughs> and when she realizes, wow, you are pregnant and you are in your sixth month, I mean, that's just more fuel on the fire of the first part. You are the one that's going to give birth to the Messiah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at it again. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Now, let's go to verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 45, now she's over at Elizabeth's house. And Elizabeth prophesies and says, Blessed is she, that would be Mary, who believed for there will be not might be not that we sure hope God's able to pull this off. No, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now from the Lord, that doesn't always mean the Lord has to come do it himself. He's the captain of the angelic army, Jehovah Savah, which means the Lord of hosts. Okay. So he can send out somebody underneath him. Uh, and and then of course he sends the highest ranking messenger angel that he has. But my friends, the Lord could come in person or he could send a messenger, praise God. But here it is again, blessed is she who believed. You have to believe for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord, praise God. So how do we uh, process 
the breakthrough word and turn it, take that word and it just becomes like flesh, like you could almost touch it or even eat it. Praise God. How? Number one, you have to believe it. You just have to t flat out believe it. Praise God. And here's the thing. If God says it, if God says it, then it must be so. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. It must be so. But my friends, you must believe it. Take it and believe it. Praise God. Number two, how do we process the word of God? The word becoming flesh to us. Number two, you must thank it. Praise God. Thank it. Let the breakthrough word or that revelation rule your mind. Let it be dominant in your mind. Let's go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And that word transformed deals with the word, uh, our English word metamorphosis. I, I believe the Greek word, if I, it's been a little while since I looked at it, is metamorphe. Okay. But that means a transformation. It is the same expression of the stages of what a caterpillar goes through while becoming the process of becoming a butterfly. Praise the Lord. Something that crawls around to something that can fly and make you happy when you see it. Praise the Lord. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what you want to do is you want to think on that word. Here's the thing. If you don't, if you don't think about it, then you're, you're not going to talk about it. You're not going to talk about it. And if you don't think about it, you may, you may actually even begin to start doubting it. You may doubt it, but that's why you want to think and to keep that at the forefront of your mind. Think on your breakthrough word until it fills your thought life. Mm -mm. I mean, I'm telling you, write it out on paper put it up. If, if God highlighted a scripture to you and that is your living word, that's your breakthrough word, take that scripture and put it on a piece of paper and put it on your refrigerator. Put it on your car. Praise God. I mean, get serious about it and think about it. And of course, along with that thinking, you, you meditate on it, you chew on it, you enjoy it, but you have to think about it. Praise God. So believe it and thank it. And number three, the Lord wants you to pray it. Mm -mm. And this is very important because there's going to be opposition. There's going to be the, the, the devil's not just going to back off. There's going to be opposition on the path. And so you have to pray off that opposition, pray, pray the enemy out of there because he is going to contest your inheritance. Okay. That's all right. We understand that we're ready for that, but you do have to pray. You get that word. Praise God. Amen. You're thinking on it. Now, also pray. Pray. Just pray over that word. A lot of times you can go off in the spirit. Just pray in tongues and say, God, you gave me this word. I'm standing on this word. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Paul, the apostle, knew that there was opposition. Uh, and there's, there's these attempts to block what it is that would be our inheritance in Christ Jesus. So he knew that prayer would be needed. We see a great example, 1 Corinthians, and this is 
chapter 16. Let's go to verse 9. The Apostle Paul said, But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me. Now that's great news. A great and effective door has opened, but let's read the full statement. And there are many adversaries. Well, let's stay positive. Okay. We're going to, we're going to go through this door. It's great. No doubt about it. And it's going to uh, uh, accomplish a lot, but let's just be aware that there are adversaries. The enemy will try to discourage. He'll try to get you to uh, not think about that powerful experience that you had where God gave you that word. I mean, look, I've had people that have had visions, phenomenal visions, uh, and, and the, the vision is true. But look, you're going to have to take that breakthrough word that came through that vision now, and you, you, you're going to have to turn that into flesh, praise God, so it can deliver for you. Praise the Lord. So believe it and think on it and also pray on it. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, this sounds a little bit like warfare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the violent take it with a violent faith. In other words, this is not, you know, suggesting in any way physical violence, but there is a, there is a violent faith that says, I'm contending with this where you're very serious about your destiny in Christ and what Jesus has shed his blood for you to experience and walk in and receive. And so you're going all out with that word. Praise God. Pray over it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, next, this is very important. Number four, you need to declare that breakthrough word that God gave you. Keep on declaring it. Not only have an initial declaration of it, but you need to stay steady with it and keep on declaring it. Praise God. In other words, speak it. Speak it out loud, boldly, and unashamedly. Mm-mm. Praise God. Think about this for a moment. God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Now, we know that Ab- Abraham means father of a multitude. So God changed Abram's name to Abraham to father of a multitude when Isaac was not even born. So here's a man going around and he meets somebody and somebody says, you know, you always exchange names. And somebody says, what's your name? He says, Abraham. It's the same thing as saying father of a multitude. And well, they're, they're probably thinking, well, what a great name. Wow. i tell you what, you must have a big family. Where, where's your children at? But see, he had to, he had to walk that and face those sometimes puzzled looks, or if people ask inquiring questions, you know, that you have to just, you have to have that belief in you. Praise God. Amen. And that's something that God allowed Abraham to experience and walk through. And you're going to have some of that too. And it's not so much that you have a name change as it is, you know what God has said to you and you know what's yours, praise God. And you start walking into that, venturing into that and just declare it. Keep on declaring it. Yes, that's my name. Abraham would say, yes, that's my name. I'm the father of a multitude. Well, uh, you sure don't look like it. Well, it's not over with yet. It's not over with yet, but that's my name and that's my stand. Praise my God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So like it or not, I'm coming in. 
Make room for me. Amen. Because I am the father of a multitude. And we know the rest of the story. Isaac was born. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the nation of Israel is formed. And he has truly become the father of a multitude. Not only the sand on the seashore, but the stars in the sky. The Jewish people, the nation of Israel, as well as all of the Gentiles that have come in through the Lord's gracious provision of salvation for all who believe on him. Praise God. So speak your breakthrough word boldly and unashamedly. Praise God. Here's a fascinating scripture. Psalm 81. Let's go down to verse 10. Verse 10. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Now, this is not a suggestion. This is a commandment. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. My wife and I just had some, uh, a short vacation time with our uh, oldest daughter and the grandkids, her and her husband. We had, we had so much fun also, but with the grandkids, you know, they're young and they like to do funny things. And um, for somehow when we were eating dinner, um, one of the grandkids was trying to put something in their mouth and uh, there was, it was kind of big and they're making a funny face and they wanted everybody to see how wide they could open their mouth. And I, and I said, so I opened my mouth and they started laughing. I, you know, they're like, how do you open your mouth so wide? I said, well, I don't know. I just do it. So we're all laughing. But see, God's saying to you, you also need to open your mouth and he'll put the word in there. He'll fill it with the breakthrough word. But my friends, when it's in there, you have to speak it. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, God gave me that breakthrough word that you talked about. Good. He, he filled your, you opened your mouth. Yes. And he filled it. Yes. Now, what do you do? Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Well, what you do next is you speak it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I will say this, a closed mouth leads to a closed destiny. Mm, this is, this is a sticky one for some of you. You're a little bit shy. Amen. <laughs> You're a little bit uh, not too sure about the word of faith. Amen. Maybe a little bit fr uh, nervous and back off because of what some of your fuddy-duddy religious friends have said and have misunderstood the scriptures and the power of God. And so you're not too sure about proclaiming the word, much less with authority. But my friends, a closed mouth leads to a closed destiny. Praise God. Words in a certain form, words are seeds. Absolutely. Giving financial seed must also be accompanied with bold declarations of your breakthrough word. Here's a challenge. Here's actually an area that some believers need to fix. The reason that some of the Christians who give, but are not blessed in spite of their giving is because they're afraid to proclaim it. Pastor Stephen, I, I give, but I, I don't really know if I, Pastor Stephen, if I should say that I want to be prosperous. After all, that's not a very popular subject. Look, Jesus said you can have the hundredfold with persecutions. So what do you want? A mediocre life where everybody likes you? Or do you want the hundredfold and just take the persecutions. For me, I'll take the persecutions, but I want that hundredfold. Praise God. I'm not going to focus on the persecutions. I know. 
I know that there are people that don't see eye to eye with me. I get, you know, certain uh, contacts and emails and things like that. My team filters them out because some of them are not nice. <laughs> right. The, the ones that are sending it don't understand they're going to have to live with me forever in heaven. They should be nice. Look, even if you disagree, you should disagree peacefully. You don't have to be a nasty person. <laughs> Woo! A lot of the disagreements are actually forms of cloaked jealousy. Mm -mm. That's a different subject. But my friends, along with your giving and along, you know, along with your doing right, make those proclamations. God didn't put that in your mouth just so you can close it. But no, he gave that, uh, that breakthrough word so that you can proclaim it and decree it. Praise God. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. So keep on declaring the breakthrough word that God has given to you. Number five, this is also very important. Keep acting it. Keep acting. In other words, act like you believe it. And if you act like you believe it, there will be actions that line up with what you actually are proclaiming and actually are believing. Praise the Lord. You must, have, you must act upon the word that you have discovered or that has been revealed to you or spoken to you. You must act on it. Praise God. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. I've always loved this verse. 1 Samuel chapter 2, it's verse Three that I want us to look at. Of course, this is Hannah prophesying. And look what she says under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are told, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Did you catch that? Actions are weighed. Pastor Steve, I believe what God told me. Well, you're not acting like it. You have to also act like it. Mm -mm. In other words, if you believe the word of prosperity, why would you act poor? Why would you give a presentation? Remember, the presentation says a lot about who you are. And it can express what you believe and what your convictions are without even talking. That's why presentation is very important. But if you, if you say, I believe in prosperity and you present yourself as somebody that maybe is wanting to be a hobo and jump on the next empty box car that rolls by on the train track, then that's a wrong representation. That is a wrong way of acting. You have to stop doing any form of acting that cast you in a light of someone who's always looking for a pity party. You're looking for somebody to show pity on you. You need to stop acting like that. Through Christ, you have become a king and a priest, not a hobo, not a beggar. So why would you act like that? You know, I've been, I've been around some ministers that have this problem. They always want, they want, somebody to pity them and give them a handout. You ever heard these types of things like in prayer meetings, somebody prays in a, in a prayer meeting where we're supposed to be praying about something and uh, you know, like a corporate prayer meeting and uh, they start praying, Oh God, Lord, I thank you that you hear my prayers and Lord, you know, I have need of a vehicle. Lord, I thank you that you're going to make a way and see what they're doing is they're doing that on purpose 
because they want somebody to hear them and pity them. And there are some Christians, they, they haven't quite learned that there's a lot of this, you know, shenanigans that go on in the body of Christ. And so some Christians actually help them. They don't realize they're being manipulated. And so they, they extend what I call unsanctified mercy, and they pour into a person that's not prepared for it, that's not qualified for it, that doesn't deserve it. They're just trying to manipulate people, and this is the, the games that they play. I can't help but think of one minister, and because uh, he always played the pity party card. And uh, I, I talked to another uh, minister one time who knew this this preacher, and she said, oh, she said, yes, Pastor Stephen, brother so-and-so, he needs a little, he needs a little bit of a swift kick in the rear end. Yes, he, uh, he plays that pity party card real good. She said, matter of fact, he, uh, he kind of played that thing of like, oh, I, I, I really need a vehicle. And uh, she said, I gave him a vehicle. I gave him a good vehicle. And it was, it was paid off. And she said, I gave it to him. And she said, you know what he did? I said, what did he do? She said, he never got it registered. Now he's driving it around and it's in my name because he never got it registered. She said, I gave him the money to register it. And I gave him the whole thing for free. And it wasn't a clunker. It was a very good vehicle and he never got it registered. And now the registration runs out and that, you know, like the DMV is looking for me. And she said, what a mess. What a mess. And all I, she, she said, all I'm trying to do is help the guy. But he had a lot of quirks, a lot of issues. And uh, I picked him up one time in my car. I had a real nice vehicle. And he got in my vehicle. And I, But see, I, I can read this stuff. And he gets in my vehicle and he says, Oh, oh, Brother Stephen, you're driving the vehicle that I've always dreamed of having. See, he's dropping. He's trying to drop little things like that. Uh, where like a gullible person will just say, well, here's the keys, brother. Go ahead and take it. God bless you. But I'm just like, well, that's nice. Hey, if you want to get one, I, the dealership's right down the road. <laughs> but they have no intention of getting one. He's not. He's just trying to play, oh, have pity on me, have compassion on me. And look, if you really believe God has given you a breakthrough word, it th then go for it and stop all of this silly stuff. Hallelujah. If you believe that God's taking you up, don't present yourself like you're going down. Hallelujah. I live in a small county, maybe, maybe about 45,000 people, maybe a little bit more in the whole county. But a lot of people know me. Uh, you know, uh, the mayor knows me. The city council knows me. Uh, almost anybody in ministry knows me. Uh, a lot of other people know me just because of, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, whether it's people talk or stuff like that. So if I, you know, it's not like I can go out looking all messed up, <laughs> you know, well, you know, just got worked through working in the backyard and haven't taken a shower and it got mud all over me. And maybe my deodorant wore off. I think I'll just go into town and get something to eat. I can't do that because I run into people all the time and I represent the Lord. And because I, I also am believing the Lord to do things in my life, you know, I have to be on my toes. I never know when somebody's going to want me to pray for them. And I, I just can't, I can't go out and get a gallon of milk 
and expect this is going to be a normal grocery run. It never is. I can't go to the post office and think, well, I'll just slip in, get out real quick. Nobody will see me. I can just dress down the day. I, they always see me somehow. <laughs> no matter what happens, I, I can go to a restaurant and sit in the far back corner. Oh, Pastor Stephen, is that you, Pastor Stephen, over there in the corner? Pastor Stephen, praise God. Today's my day for a miracle. Please come lay hands on me. I, I, so I can't go out without being prayed up. And by the way, this is not an inconvenience. This is just something that I realize is part of my calling. And also for you, when you want to go up, that means more responsibility. Praise God. And it just means that you, you have to really believe what God told you, that if you're going forward and you're going up, then you have to act like you are. Praise the Lord. There are some of you that God wants to put you in a Mercedes Benz, a brand new, a brand new one. Some of you, God wants to, he would have no problem putting you in a Bentley, a Rolls Royce, or something like that. The problem is, is you don't act like God could do that for you, or God would take you into that, and therefore you don't take care of the nice vehicle that you have now. Maybe it's a Toyota. Maybe it is a little bit of a clunker, but you could still wash it, vacuum it, and clean it up. Praise God. Amen. You know, I was getting my vehicle cleaned the other day, and a gentleman pulled up next to me. He had a phenomenal Ford pickup truck. It, it was, uh, you know, some of these newer trucks are real hard to get because they're still the ship, the chip shortage has still not been figured out. <laughs> so to get one brand new off the lot, you know, a recent year where it just popped out and much less a uh, special version is pretty rare. But he and I were talking and he and I both agreed. The trucks are great. The vehicles are great. You can have a great looking vehicle, great paint, this and that. But if you don't nail it with the tires, it's, it's, it's not going to pop, praise God. So, it, yeah, you can have, you can have great uh, wheels and, you know, the rims and the tires, but you're going to have to keep them looking good, praise God. And because I do that with mine, praise God, a lot of people see it. And a lot of people comment on it, and it always leads to a conversation because I'm going to bring the Lord in on it. Praise God. Hallelujah. But my friends, if you believe you're going up, act like it. Praise God. Because you are going up. Hear me today. You are going up. Praise God. Fix your hair. Amen. Glory to God. Make those, make those uh, corrections that let people know you're serious about the word God has given to you. They may snicker and laugh. But two years from now, they'll still be in their same spot, and you will be in a place of great blessing. Mm -mm. You know, I, I think Bishop David Oyedipo is very inspirational because God lifted him up in a place where there was great poverty, and he understood that the covenant is not just for American Christians, but that the financial covenant will work anywhere, any place, and he went to work proving that it works in Africa. And he preached prosperity back in the 80s, early 80s, and people mocked him, laughed at him, ridiculed him, and insulted him. And he stayed with it. And he said there was one, in the early days, there was one particular man that really just delighted in ridiculing him in every form possible, whether it's through writing and putting out writings of how crazy Oyedipo was and stuff like that with the quote, believing in prosperity and things like that. And he was a very vicious uh, uh, opponent. And Oyedipo just walked in love. But Bishop Oyedipo said, uh, you know, a few years went by and, uh, you know, God's 
covenant began to explode in power and work in his life, as it does for anybody that takes it serious. And there came a day, Bishop David Oyedipo said, when he was in his vehicle being chauffeured to his hangar to get aboard the ministry aircraft. Now, the reason he has a chauffeur and a driver is not because he doesn't know how to drive. It's because he's constantly studying, meditating, and taking notes, and he doesn't want to be interrupted, even with driving. So he's doing a lot of thinking. And look, when you have 29,000 employees on payroll, you have to really be very serious about your time. I didn't say 29,000 church members. I said 29,000 employees. That's what he has right now. But he said he noticed that when he was being driven to the hangar to get aboard their ministry aircraft, he saw that man who had ridiculed him and mocked him for years getting on the bus. That man who said prosperity is not for God's people, that man who mocked it and ridiculed it and said the whole thing's a joke and a lie, nothing in his life had changed one bit. He still, after all those years, still riding a bus while Bishop Oyedipo is about to step on board the jet. If you believe you're going up, act like it. Praise God and take a strong stand of faith. That's why you're being persecuted because you actually believe it and you're not backing off of it. Praise God. Mm -mm. And let's go to number six. Refuse to quit. Don't ever give up. Praise God. Mm -mm. Do all of the above that we have talked about and stay on task until that breakthrough word produces for you. Don't throw in the towel. Amen. We are living in the last days. There's a lot of flakiness. There's a lot of Christians that are going, there's a lot of pastors that are going woke and they're backing off of classic Pentecostal biblical theology and teaching, and they're going into areas of error. But my friends, stay strong in the word. Stay with God and keep going up. Because while some are going flaky and getting silly, others are, are, are realizing this is the answer, and they have voracious appetites for the true word that produces the victory that we so desperately need. Listen very carefully to what I want to tell you now. Things will get so chaotic in the earth that national leaders, presidents, prime ministers will go to the heads of the church in their respected country, in their respected state. Governors will go to those in their respected state and they will say, we can't solve this problem. What is your advice? What do you suggest that we do? We have no solution for this problem. Okay? They're not going to go to the woke pastor because he's in the same boat they're in now. They're going to go to the ones that really take God's word seriously and are seeing it deliver in their life. Praise God. Trust me, we are so close to seeing these types of things take place. Glory, glory to God. It's time for the church to shine. And God's glory is coming on you in a new measure. Let him lift you up. Praise God. Don't quit. Stay strong. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Keep, 
your hands on the plow. Praise God. Keep working that word that God has spoken to you. You're going to see the glory of God in your life. And number seven, let's close with number seven. We're talking about bringing the word in, uh, which is spiritual into flesh, the word made flesh. Hallelujah. So it becomes a reality in our life. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Number seven, take communion often. Look at this scripture in the book of Numbers chapter 23. We're about to take communion. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Praise God. Glory to God. When you take Holy Communion and you receive the flesh of Christ, His Word comes into you. What Word? The breakthrough Word that you are able to assimilate into your spirit, soul, and body. It gives you strength to carry on. It gives you vitality and energy beyond any vitamin mix, beyond energy, uh, any uh, energy sport drink, praise God. By the way, by the way, a lot of those drinks are not good for you. <laughs> I think if you have one just every now and then, it's okay. But uh, those can really throw your system out of whack. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But communion strengthens every part of you. The Holy communion even affects your physical brain and your brain cells. Praise God. Glory to God. Father, I pray for your people that are watching today, that they steward the breakthrough word that you have spoken to them, some have already received it, and that you are delivering to others that are about to receive the breakthrough word. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're watching today and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, my friends, Eternal life, salvation is available to you right now. You're not watching this program by accident. You didn't just somehow come across this by random luck or chance. This is your day for a miracle. This is your day to receive Christ right now. Pray this prayer after me. The anointing is here right now. Do this right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm aware of that. But Jesus, you died to pay the penalty for my sins. So I put my faith in you now. And I ask that you come into my heart. Jesus, wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. I give my whole life to you, Jesus. Thank you. Now, Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. I belong to you now. In your name, I pray. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God forever. Now, let us all take Holy Communion together. If you're a Christian, a believer in Christ, you can receive Holy Communion. I want to encourage you to grab some grape juice. I've got grape juice in my cup here. 
that I got from Jerusalem. This is olive wood, praise God. Not that you have to have it in an olive wood cup. You can take it in a paper cup. That'll work just as, just as well also. And grab a little wafer, a piece of bread. If you don't have that, grab a little potato chip or a cheese it or something. But if you can, grab a little piece of bread. All right, let's pray over the bread and the juice. Father, we bless this. We consecrate the juice and bread. That is, we set it apart as being holy through this prayer. We bless it and we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the flesh of Christ, we thank you that you can't lie. It's impossible for you to lie. So we thank you for the deliverance of your breakthrough word. We celebrate it. And as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we receive the living word. Father, in a divine mystery, the word became flesh. We thank you, O God. And Jesus said that when we take communion, we partake of his flesh, which is food. It's real food. So, Father, we receive the Lord's body right now, and we give you praise that the breakthrough word is producing in our lives the intended result. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's flesh. God has spoken. He's going to make it good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power. We thank you, Father God. We give you all praise. Father, we thank you for the hundredfold return. And we bless those who persecute us. We don't curse them. We bless them and we go on. We thank you, Father God. Father, there may be friends that don't understand. There may even be family members that don't, that don't understand your goodwill, your good plan. But Father, we thank you for your guidance and direction concerning the great things that you have for our life. And Father, as we receive the blood of Jesus, we thank you for strength. We thank you for the fulfilling of the great destiny that you have for the church and for us as individual members of the church. We thank you, Father God, that while the enemy would want the church to be humiliated and of low esteem in the earth, we thank you that we know better that you have called the church to glory, to honor, to wealth, to riches, to influence. Oh God, we give you praise and to proclaim the gospel throughout the earth. Thank you, Father God, that we are the bride of Christ. And no groom would want the bride beaten down and defeated. We thank you, Father God, that as we receive communion, what's not in Christ is not permitted to be in us. We thank you, Father, for the removal of any stain or any blemish through the power of communion working in us. We thank you, Father, for a, a low self-esteem being removed and replaced with the confident nature and character of Jesus. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise for giving us hearts like that of a lamb of love, 
and humility and obedience. Oh God, we give you glory and honor. We thank you. We worship you. We now receive the blood of Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus' name, O oh God. Amen. Let us now receive the Lord's precious blood. Praise God. Praise the Lord forever. Just lift your hands and thank Him. Jesus, we give you praise and glory and honor. Jesus, we thank you that your word is true, that you're making it good. Hallelujah. We believe. We thank you, Father. We believe. We're going to join the hall of faith, just like Mary, who believed and she received. Thank you, Father God. We worship you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My friends, always be thanking the Lord, even before you see it, before you receive it. Be thanking the Lord, because that word becoming flesh in you is so real. You already know you've got it before you touch it. Praise God. Always be thanking Him. Always be loving the Lord. God loves you so much, and He wants you to have a good life. Praise the Lord. He really does. Amen. So be thanking Him every day for all that He has done, all that He's doing right now and all that's on the way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. I do hope that you can make it to Israel with me. I know that there will be some that can come. There's some that can't. I understand that. But if you do feel led to come to Israel with us in May of 2023, we'd love to have you. Praise God. I'm praying for you. Until next time, have a great day. Bye-bye.